Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Welcome, welcome. It's nice to see you. Is it nice to see me? Good, good. It's nice to see you. Even though I can't see you online, we're so glad that you're here as well. And um, isn't God good? You can already sense an expectation in the atmosphere. And um, I believe God can do something so new and different in our lives today. I don't know about you, but my prayer every day is that He would change me and He would challenge me and he would transform my life so that I could be more like him. I can walk like him, love like him, lean on him. And so we're in for a good treat today because we're coming around the word. And it's another part of our worship where we can give to God, lay it all out there and say, God, use me, shape me. So who's ready for it? Awesome, well turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready, I'm ready. You may take your seats. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready. You um, at home, get ready, get ready. You're probably cozing down in your lovely settee, drinking a cup of tea probably. Okay, so have you ever heard the phrase, attitude is everything? Okay, who believes this to be true? Attitude is everything. Did you ever get told off by your mom and dad because you had a stinking attitude? And you know, you can't get away with that. Not with mom, not with dad, and you definitely can't get away with it now. Who's ever been praised for a good attitude? Good, you've got a good attitude today. Well done, you. Well done, you've got a good attitude. You came to church today. You know that attitude is a settled way of thinking about something or about someone. For some of you, are probably already settled in your heart how you feel about something or someone. You probably already settled in your heart what, how you feel about your children, settled in your heart of how you feel about your marriage, how you feel about the government, how you feel about work, how you feel about life. I read this little quote uh, the other day and it says this, there is little difference in people, but that little difference makes a big difference. The little difference is attitude and the big difference is whether it's a good attitude or a bad attitude. I was watching tennis last weekend, which I never do. Um, and I thought, well, might as well, we're staying at Casa de la Hollinger and we might as well watch the tennis. And it was really cool because it was at the US Open and I'm American, so I have to watch it. And also there was two really incredible young girls, 18 and 19 years old. And one was representing England, Woohoo! Just, I'll do it on my own then, if you don't like the fact that she was representing England. Woohoo! Online, woohoo! 
Okay, she was representing England and there was two gorgeous girls. One was Leila Fernandez, who was 19, and she was representing Canada. And then there was Emma Raducana, who was representing England. She was 18 years old, just finished her GCSEs or A-levels or whatever it's called here. It's just exams in America. You have many different sayings for your exams. But as I was watching it, I really started to enjoy it. And I thought, man, I should probably watch tennis a bit more often. It's actually quite a cool sport, um, especially watching very talented young girls coming through the US Open. And the really big thing that stood out to me was when um, Leila Fernandez was all of a sudden, I think the, the, a picture will come up behind me or on the screen in front of you. Um, she all of a sudden, after the second mat, the second round or the second set, I think it's called. See, I don't watch tennis. After the second set, she it felt like she was a little bit deflated. And all of a sudden, the screens then turned to her family who are in the stands going, come on, Layla, you can do it. Keep smiling. Just keep smiling. They kept, did anyone ever see? They just kept signaling to her, just smile, smile. Keep having fun. Remember that you're at the US Open. What a privilege, what an honor. Keep smiling. And Emma Raducanu just kept, you know, giving it back and, you know, being amazing. And uh, after a few sets, Leila, um, Leila Fernandez just lost her head a little bit because all of a sudden when she was in a good little flow, they had to stop the match because um, Emma's leg started bleeding, the opposition. And so they needed to stop the game, put a patch on it so that she can play again without blood dripping down her leg. Well. In this, you can see in this picture that Fernandez was so upset. She was livid and she was having it out with the referee or umpire, what do they call them? Referee someone. She was having it out with them and she was so ticked off. And yet the opposition was sitting there getting bandaged up because her leg was bleeding. And it made me think about attitude and how you can be playing at the US Open and still be ticked off that your match and your set was cut short. I believe that our attitude is a response of the heart. I love when I read in Proverbs 23, seven, it says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This got me thinking about my own life and the chaos that I created for myself through my bad attitude and through my negative responses towards people that hurt me, that wounded me, that abused me, that rejected me. I had a settled way of thinking about them in my heart. I settled it, that's it, it's not gonna change. Who's ever been there? You're like, it's done. They, I'm cutting them off. I love when I read in Ephesians 4.22, it says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, right? Your bad attitudes which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of our minds and to put on the new self. So put away the bad attitudes and put on the good attitudes. 
the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Who is thankful that God does not leave us stuck in our bad attitude? Who's thankful for a mommy and a daddy that says, "Uh uh-uh, you don't come speak to me like that. You better go back into your room and when you come out, you're gonna talk to me in a positive way. That is what our Heavenly Father wants for us today. Trust me, I've been on this journey for a while. John says six months, Lord's been doing a mighty work in six months in my life. But just teaching me about what it is to live with a good attitude. And so today is a day for realignment to all the attitudes in the room. Can someone say amen? Amen. Today is a good day to start with our attitude. So I thought, what better day to start about and talk about attitudes than to read about attitudes. The Beatitudes. Attitudes. What does the Beatitudes mean? What does it mean? Can anyone shout out what you think Beatitudes mean? Blessed. Blessed. The Greek translation is blessed. Oh, how happy. Oh, how happy. Who's happy in the room today? Are you happy that you woke up? That you actually had breath to take? That you have air in your lungs to breathe? Are you happy that you're actually wearing shoes today? If you're not wearing shoes, we will provide you with shoes. Don't worry. You see, early on in Jesus' ministry, just after he was baptized, and you know he came out of a fasting and a spiritual retreat in the desert, He gathers his disciples, right? And he preaches all over Galilee. And I love this. I wanna kinda paint a picture. What would it be like to be in the Galilee? Okay, who feels like you just need a little Galilee experience right now? All right, hopefully it will come up behind me. I wanna set the scene. We're in the Galilee. We are in the Galilee. So I want us to, to just think about what it would have been like right? Where people from all over, crowds from everywhere were coming to see about this Jesus who was healing people, who was, who was um, preaching about the kingdom of heaven. What would it have been like? It would have been hot, that's for sure. I mean, look at that. I would have been able to top up my tan, that is for sure. But listen carefully here to the words from Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. In them, he declared the blessing of God's kingdom. He gives us a vision of a world redeemed by love and the qualities of discipleship which will bring about transformation in our lives. Okay, so this obviously takes place right by the Sea of Galilee on this mountain. And as you stand together, as we all stand, if you're at home, I'd like you to stand as we honor the word of God. Now, back in those days, when the rabbi would teach or preach a scripture, word, prophecy, um, normally the rabbi would sit down. So if I sit down and you stand up for the whole message, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That's probably not gonna work for you. But I think why they probably did that was so that people wouldn't fall asleep. 
So it's your choice. You can stand or sit down. Whatever's going to stop you from falling asleep today. But as we read this portion of scripture together, I want you just to take it in and recognize that this right now is intense discipleship. Okay, this is the first sermon that Jesus preaches about discipleship, about what it is to be a follower of Jesus. So let's read this together. If it will come up on the screen, hopefully. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Isn't that interesting? He left the crowd, he sat down, and his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revel against or you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word that has the power to change us and transform us, Lord, to renew our minds. Father, I thank you that the attitudes and the attributes and all those things that we may have come in with, and we may have made up our mind about how we think or feel about something or someone, that today you would renew us. You would change our heart, oh God. We put ourselves out before you to say, just change us. We wanna be made new. Father, I thank you that your word will help us move forward in every area of our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, come on, amen. You may take your seats, amen, amen. Everyone watching online. Okay, so who was this sermon for? Well, I'm glad you asked. This intense discipleship lesson was for Jesus' followers. It was not for the general public. That's why it says that he came away from the crowd and his disciples followed him. The sermon was intended for people who want to be a follower of Jesus, not just to live by good principles, but it's a way of life as devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We can have principles up to here, but this is a way of life for devoted followers. So what was the purpose for this sermon? I'm glad you asked. To explain to us and to challenge us about what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus, motivated by heart rather than by the law. In Jesus' days, right, religious leaders prided themselves on obeying the letter of the law. And 
it really only produced in them like a self-righteousness. I have to do more to earn his approval. I need to do this and that and this and that in order to uh, experience God's love for me. No, no, but then Jesus comes, right? And he flips it. He flips it on its head. And he teaches about a new way. And he basically is saying that if you know me and have relationship with me, you will be motivated to obey me because of the love relationship that we have, right? So it's more of a heart obedience rather than a legalistic obedience. So people often compare the, the Beatitudes to the Ten Commandments, maybe because 10 and eight, maybe they just think, oh, they've got numbers, so it must be the same. Uh-uh. The Ten Commandments is all about what you should not do, a list of what you should not do. But the Beatitudes is a list of what you should do. It's all about what you can be in Christ. So three thoughts about the Beatitudes. Number one is this. These are eight characteristic traits that identify true followers of Jesus Christ. It's a package deal, guys. Like, it's progressive when you read it. So <clears throat> you can't just pick them out and think, oh, I'll take that one and that won't be good for me and then I'll leave the rest. No, no, no. Have you ever been to Costco? Anyone been to Costco? Those big supermarkets, yeah, okay. Well, if you go to Costco, you don't just go for one can of tuna. You have to take all eight cans, right? It's not like a just take one out of there. No, you have to just buy one, get eight free, right? You just take them all. This is like the Beatitudes here. You can't just take one and then leave the rest out. You're, you're gonna take all eight, okay? This is not a day for pick and mix. If you are a true disciple, if you are a true follower of Jesus, these are the attributes and the characteristics that Jesus wants us to live by. Okay, number two. These character traits open the door to inner happiness. If anyone in this room, you're looking for happiness in all the wrong places, today is the day where you can find true happiness through these attributes. Jesus starts, blessed are, blessed are. Not blessed will you be, blessed are. You are living in the blessing now. I don't have to wait for a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger pay rise. I don't have to wait for all that to feel like I'm living in the blessing. The blessing is on your life now. The blessing, you're blessed when you come in, you're blessed when you go out. You're blessed in the city, you're blessed in the fields. You are blessed. You are blessed. You don't need to, to wear a big Rolex to prove that you're blessed, Mark Hollinger flashing it around everywhere. <laughs> blessing, blessing is contentment. Are you content with where you are in your circumstance? You may have a lot and you may have a little. Are you living in the blessing? Are you living in the blessing? Okay, number three, thoughts about the Beatitudes. I love this because attached to each character trait is a followed promise, a benefit to each quality. You're blessed if you do this, and here's the promise for you. 
You're blessed if you do this, and here is the promise for you. Okay, so today, I'm going to try and get through this in, in I don't know how many minutes. Jesus, help me. We're going to do this. We're going to get through the eight Beatitudes, okay? And what I'd love you to do is when you get home, and maybe this week, you can meditate on this, and you can ponder the, this whole portion of Scripture is so powerful, and it will impact your life. So let's look at eight character traits and eight promises from the Beatitudes. Number one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, what are the character traits of someone who is poor in spirit? They love to work in the hidden. I'm not gonna read all the portions of scripture, but I'll give you a reference in Matthew 6, 1. Loves to work in the hidden, loves to help in the hidden, loves to do things in the hidden places, they don't desire accolade or, or a pat on the back. They just are behind the scenes getting on with it and saying, this is for you, God. I don't care if people don't see me. I'm not gonna post this on Instagram. I'm not gonna post this on social media because you desire those that are poor in spirit. Loves to occupy the lowest places. Philippians 2 three references this as well. It's living selflessly. It's not living with the selfish ambition of what I can get instead of what can I give. No, 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 you go first. No, 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 honestly, like this is your turn. It's your time to shine. If I post anything, I'm not gonna post a selfie, I'm gonna post it about you. I love this character trait of someone who's poor in spirit is they do not seek to gain influence with people, but they long for people to come under the influence of God. Church. They do not seek to gain influence with people, but they long for people to come under the influence of God. If you want a reference, it's 1 Corinthians 2, 1, 5. When was the last time that you stopped trying to seek for influence in your own life, but instead wanted people to be influenced by God? What is your motive? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Okay, so the promise attached to this, I love this. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay. You and I, if we remain poor in spirit, it's to, it's to take possession of the kingdom of heaven. Now the Bible talks about so many different times about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of God is God's establishing his rule and reign in me, here, now. He establishes his rule and reign inside of me. His work, constantly working, working, working in my life so he can establish his rule and reign in my life. The kingdom of heaven is his established rule and reign in the heavenlies. Do you know that this earth, this life is temporal? That this is just temporal, temporary. This is not our forever. When we have heaven in our sight, when we're gonna spend eternity, that is what we can take possession of. Isn't that awesome? There's a security not only here on earth that God, you're with me, your kingdom come in me, 
but also God, I have a security in heaven that I will rule and reign with you forever and ever. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What a powerful thing to think about. If you want to reference this Revelations 21, it just ta- the Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. What does that even look like? To rule and reign with God here and now and also for eternity. Church, we got to get this in our heart. We got to get this. The circumstances around you right now, they may be trying and challenging, but this is not our forever. Okay, number two, blessed are the, those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Some character traits of someone who mourns. You know, it's actually okay to mourn. If you haven't mourned the loss over these last 18 months, and, and I don't know, I don't know everyone's situation in the room, but if you have not mourned, I would encourage you to mourn because it's part of the character traits that God wants to develop in us. And some of us have emotional grieving that we've gone through, so that emotional side of grieving, loss, and disappointment, and tragedy, you've got to allow God, to help you walk through that mourning process. It's so important. But there's also, there's also a spiritual mourning. You know when you leave your old life and you come into the new life in Christ, there's a mourning, a spiritual mourning that's mourning the loss of sin, that's mourning the loss of my old life, my old ways, the things I've left behind. It's actually okay to mourn it. It's okay to mourn it. You gotta go through the process of, the Bible talks about dying to the flesh daily. Man, that's hard and that's, man, there's tears and there's pain leaving my old life behind. I can't go to the same places I used to go. I can't date the same people I used to date. I can't be in those kind of relationships anymore, but I I can mourn it. Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. The promise is that that they shall be comforted. He is the God of all comfort. He cares and he knows about everything, everything. Even when people move on and life moves on and you're still mourning, he's there. He is there and he cares. Second Corinthians um, 1.4 says this, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So the mourning process that you've been going through and that comfort that you have felt, it's not just for you to keep it and just to be in that mourning season. There is, there is something after that that comes and that's helping other people who are also in mourning that you can be that link for people to say, hey, I understand, I get it. Let me walk with you in this season. Number three, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Wow, what a big promise. They shall inherit the earth. Some character traits of someone who is meek. Okay, so 
Let's just get this straight. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. It's not thinking less of myself, but thinking of myself less. Okay? It's not weakness. The Greek version of for, the Greek translation for meek is to domesticate a wild animal. Okay, who's ever been called a wild animal in this room? All right, sometimes I look at my kids and I'm like, you're just wild right now. Oh, you're eating too much sugar. But the Bible, uh, the Greek translation says it's domesticate a wild animal. The power, there's, it's power under control. You know that you can say something. <laughs> you know if someone's posted something about you or says something, you know you have everything in you, power, right? To give it back. But God wants to domesticate us and put that power under control, submit to his ways, be humble in our attitude, be patient and endure offenses, right? So that he can use us, so that we can inherit the earth. The culture of today celebrates assertiveness and entitlement taking advantage of other people, canceling people out, shaming people on social media, judging people. But the Bible celebrates meekness. You wanna know what meekness looks like in the Bible? The last is first. Giving is receiving. Dying is living. Losing is finding. The least is the greatest. That is what it is to live meek. And the promise attached to those who are meek is they shall inherit the earth. And the Bible talks about the millennial kingdom. In the future days, the saints will rule and reign with him and they will inherit the earth. In Luke 1.33, it references there will be no end to his kingdom. There will be no end to his kingdom. We will rule and reign with him and we will inherit the earth. What a promise. What a promise. You may not feel like you've inherited anything, but this promise is for you. You will inherit the earth. All right, number four. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. 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 I almost need to echo that. God wants to satisfy you. I don't know what you have been searching for to satisfy a hunger and a thirst in your life. But I know that only God can satisfy those hungers, pains, and those thirsty, parched moments in your life. He's the only one that can satisfy. Some character traits for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness is someone that has a right relationship with God and a right relationship with others. Oh, but I love God and him and I, we're like this. But I don't, I, I can't deal with that person over there. I like, I can't even deal with him. Really? A right standing with God, but also a right standing with people. How can you say you love God and you don't love people? How? How, how can you say that when God is love?
someone that pursues holiness in one's life and in the world is a character trait. Someone who possesses an active spiritual longing. When was the last time that you longed to be with the Lord? When was the last time that you just longed to be in his presence? That nothing else can feel it. Fill that gap and fill that void. When was the last time that you longed to be in his presence and be filled up with joy? Psalm 63, 1, 5 references that, the longing. And the opposite to the right standing with God or a right, a right relationship with God, people can come with a self-righteousness by trying to live up to the letter of the law. Well, I gotta do this and I gotta do that in order for the Lord to love me and be proud of me and da da da. He loves you. He loves you. He wouldn't have sent his son Jesus to die for you on the cross. He loves you. You don't have to do anything else to earn his love. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, not in the law, in him, we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh my word, in him, in him we might become the righteousness of God. And the promise attached to those who hunger and thirst is when we hunger and thirst for him, we shall be filled up by him. He will quench my thirst and he will satisfy my hunger. I know many of you in this room can testify of how he has quenched your thirst and he has satisfied your deepest hunger. Number five, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Okay, what are some character traits of those who are merciful? Someone that shows compassion on others. You know, if you don't have compassion for people, if you don't have something, you know, Jesus was often moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion and met the needs of the people. If not, it's hypocritical and it's judgmental. Oh, well, they're on the streets and they're homeless and poor because they probably made bad choices. And I'm not gonna give them money because they're just gonna drink their life away. Really? Really? When was the last time that you showed compassion? Because Jesus showed compassion on us. Oh, did he? Oh, did he? When I was down in the dumps, oh, he showed compassion on me. Who am I to not show compassion to my brother and my sister? Come on, let's give God praise. He can do it in our lives. He can change us. He can make us compassionate again. Someone that has a character trait of, of, of being merciful forgives those who have hurt them. Do you know that forgiveness sets you free? Yeah. It actually does. It's, I am living proof that forgiveness sets you free. It doesn't make it right, but it sets you free. Forgive, if, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, the Bible says your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Reconciliation, he will forgive us if we forgive other people. We gotta recognize that our salvation is an act of God's mercy. 
that we are saved because he was merciful towards us. He was merciful. Justice is getting what you deserve, but mercy is getting what you don't deserve. In Titus, it says he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. God can change it. He can, he can place compassion back in our hearts if we just have a revelation that we are saved because of his mercy. The promise to those who are merciful is that they shall obtain mercy. They shall obtain mercy. I want people to be merciful back to me just as I have shown mercy. Okay, number six, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Who wants to see God? Yeah. Who wants to see God? The character traits of someone who is poor, is pure in heart, is an, someone that has an attitude of worship. That from the moment you wake up, you have an attitude of worship. God, I worship you for who you are. I worship you for what you've done in my life. I'm just so grateful. It's an offering of my heart and my mind. You need, you know, the Pharisees had, the Pharisees actually had strict ways of ritually like cleansing themselves. Like they would cleanse their outer bodies. They would wash themselves and there was steps of how to be pure and cleansed from the outside. But then Jesus comes in again and he says no 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 you can you can wash your body all day long okay but please wash that would be really good you can wash your body all day long but if your heart is not washed if your heart is not washed and pure and purified then it means nothing I love when I read in Psalm 51, David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. When was the last time that you prayed that prayer? Create in me a clean heart, O God. I know that there's some things in there that you just don't want to, them to be in there. You, don't, you just don't want those things in my heart anymore. So create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. A character trait is they take responsibility to walk in purity, not hypocrisy or hidden motives, but purity. They are marked by transparency. You think you can hide stuff? You may be able to hide it for so long for people, but God sees everything. And ultimately, he's the one that watches over you and wants to lead you and wants to guide you. Will you open your heart? Will you make your life transparent? An uncompromising desire to please God in all things, more than an external purity in behavior, it's an internal purity of soul. And the promise to those who are pure in heart is they shall see God. And one day as believers in Jesus, we will see him face to face. 
We will see him. We will be caught up with him. We will meet our maker face to face. I long for those days and I know those days are coming. That day will come when we stand before him and we can see him as he is. Number seven, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. The character trait of those who are peacemakers is that they have true peace in having a restored relationship with God. You may be able to try and find peace in so many different ways, but if you don't have a restored relationship with God, it's gonna be really difficult. Peacemakers bring good news and good things into other people's lives through peace. They bring God's offer of peace to a hostile world. Our world is hostile, church. We don't need to add our opinion. We don't need to add what we think. We don't, we just need to offer God's peace to this hostile world. My words are so flawed, but His word is so true and it's so right and it is so helpful to every person that comes into a relationship with God. And the promise of those who are peacemakers is that they shall be called sons of God. It talks about the promise of a relationship. God wants to have a relationship with all of us. You may not know what relationship looks like. It took me many years to really even understand what a healthy relationship looks like. But man, does he want a relationship with you. He wants to show you a love like you've never known before. And God made peace with man through the cross. And in him, so that we can make peace with others. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The old attitudes, the old life, the old thoughts have passed away. Behold, the new has come, the new character traits, the new attitude, the new attributes has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Keep ministering peace in your world. And lastly, blessed are those who are persecuted, sorry, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. How can we find a blessing in being persecuted? I struggled with this one. What is a character trait of those who are persecuted? Someone that endures persecution for the sake of righteousness. Someone that has an uncompromising faithfulness to God despite the threats and the pressures surrounding us. John 15 says this, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. 
as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Listen, I'm telling you right now, we think we have it tough because people post negative things about us on, on the social media. You think you have it tough right now? I'm telling there's people all over the world, the persecuted church, that are facing hardship, death. They are facing imprisonment because of their faith in Jesus. We have it okay right now. But will you still remain steadfast and movable? Will you still hold on? Will you still declare that I have faith in Jesus when they start coming after you, when they rip your families apart? Will you stand true even when you're persecuted? Oh my goodness, the blessing rests in that. The promise to those who are persecuted is the same promise. It kind of comes full circle. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's why you can't just have one without the other. It's progressive. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Remain poor in spirit. Take you on this journey. And even if you're persecuted, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Some people suffer for doing evil but that's punishment, not persecution. And some are persecuted for reasons unrelated to righteousness, but Jesus wasn't offering a general blessing to all victims of persecution for any cause. No, he offered it only to those who were persecuted for actively pursuing the kingdom of righteousness and because of their faith in Christ. And all of these eight beatitudes demonstrate all of these eight blessings demonstrate God's reversal of the world's values the blessing rests on those who are poor in spirit those who mourn those who are meek who hunger and thirst for righteousness those who are merciful those who are pure in heart who are peacemakers and those who are persecuted when we can rest in his love and walk in his blessing and know that our lives are a testimony of his faithfulness and his goodness in and out of every season. We can then receive his word, remain a true disciple of Jesus, marinate in it, meditate on his promises so that others can taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm gonna end with this scripture and it's in Matthew 5, so it's kind of progressive and then it goes into this part where I believe is such a beautiful portion of scripture. It's in the message translation and it says this, let me tell you why you are here, Soul Church. Let me tell you why you are here. If you didn't know, let me tell you. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm gonna hide you 
under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a, on a light stand. Now that I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, shine. I put you there. Keep open house, be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. We serve an awesome God and this is what true discipleship looks like. Your kingdom come in, we, in me. Your kingdom come in me. Your kingdom come in me. And through this alignment series, I believe that he is just bringing it all back and in to say, I love you. I've got a path for you that is so awesome and adventurous and mind-blowing. I'm gonna open doors for you that you never dreamed of if you just keep aligning your life and lining it up with the ways that I have taught you. His love for us is never ceasing. No matter how far you venture off, He'll keep bringing us back in because he loves us. He's so proud of us. Even when we mess up and make mistakes, he's still our daddy. He's still our Abba Father. He loves us and he takes pride in knowing that his children love him back. We're gonna sing this beautiful song and I want you to receive it. I want you to close your eyes if you can and receive it because he's proud of you. He loves you. And he also wants you to just come back a little bit. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a, an amazing message, an amazing, beautiful, reflective moment. You know, God sees you today. God sees every single one of us. God sees your past. sees our mistakes. He sees our present. He sees our problems. And he sees our future, what we can be. And yet he still loves us. He's still got a plan for you. God has got a gift for you today. It's the gift of salvation. We can't earn it. We, can't we don't deserve it. But we can freely receive it today. That God would send his son Jesus to this earth to die for you and for me. I don't know about you, but We've been singing, who, who deserves that? Who desires someone else to take my place, to take the punishment of my sin, my poor choices, and to take it on his back so that I could receive life in this present and into the future in eternity? I don't know about you, but I don't deserve it. But because it's a gift, I can't earn it. I can't earn this. So the only thing left to do is receive. And for many, many people in this room, you've already received this gift of salvation. And so you've just got to enjoy the gift. But for others, you've never, ever received this gift. You say, well, I don't deserve a gift of grace and of mercy. I don't deserve a God who'd love me despite my... Hey, you're in really good company because none of us deserve it. So today, God isn't looking at your past. God isn't even looking at your problems. God is looking at your future. He's looking through the eyes of His mercy to who you can become. And no one in this room is past forgiveness. No one in this room is past loving. 
God is saying, I, I still love you. Despite the past, despite your problems, despite your needs, I still love you. I still care for you. And I'm mindful of you today. Would you receive this gift of salvation? Friend, God loves you so much. I'm just going to ask everyone just to close their eyes. This is a moment where you get to receive God's mercy. Maybe you once walked with God. Maybe before COVID, things were going really well with your, with your faith, but you feel distant now. and You've been isolated and you felt away from God. And I'm speaking to those at home. I'm speaking to those who are watching in their office. I'm speaking to those in their bedrooms. You're saying, I feel away from God. This is your moment to receive this gift. He loves you, friend. I'm going to pray a really simple but powerful prayer. I'd love to know who I'm praying for. You're saying, John, include me today. Include me. I want to reconnect or connect again with the Father. Would you do me the honor of saying that's me just by, I'm going to count to three, just by slipping up your hand. If you're in the chat online, just write in the, Right in the chat, I need, I need to connect with God or signal that this, this moment is talking to you. One, he loves you. Two, would you have the courage right now just to say, John, would you, would you include me in this prayer? Three, just slip up your hand all over this room. No one's looking around. This is between you and God. Just lift it up nice and high so I can see it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Amazing. You can put your hands down. I'd love everyone just to stand and we're going to say this prayer out loud together. I encourage you, even if you didn't lift up your hand, but you're saying, oh, hey, this, I know that this, this time in the service is for me. Would you, would you just say this prayer out loud together? We're going to say it as a family. Dear Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that he loved me. He went to the cross for me. He died for me. He shed his blood for me. Today, I recognize my need for you. I repent of my sin. I'm sorry for living life my own way. But today is a new day. Amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together and thank everyone online. Let us know in the room. We're cheering you on. Thank you. We want to give you a couple of next steps from the decision you just made. First of all, I want to say that's a very courageous decision. Secondly, our team are going to be out in the foyer, in the atrium area. We want to give you a gift. It's a Bible. It's called a New Testament Experience. And you can either uh, take a paperback version or if you want to download a digital version, there's the Bible app online. There's also a great app called the Glorify app, which will help you discover how to pray and move, move your prayer life forward. So there's a couple of great apps online. And also I want to encourage you, we, we run an Alpha course on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. And Alpha is really the next steps, understanding Christianity, faith, the big questions around life. And there's a, there's a dinner served on a Wednesday at 7 p.m. So please come and join us for Alpha. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And you'll, you'll meet other people who are new to faith as well. And maybe you'll feel like, yeah, we can, we can do this together. And so do that as well. And then at 5 o'clock tonight, you're welcome to join us for Soul Path. 
And we're on this path that Chantel talked about. And hey, you can join us and we're going to be talking about ways to engage in your faith and just really take a next step forward as well. So well done. Come on, one more time. Would you congratulate everyone who's made that decision? Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.